Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Anyway, time for Tell Me Why with Graham Finley. If you have a question for Graham, you can send it in as ever to afternoon at newstalk.com. Today's question is, what is a gerrymander? Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. And in the United States right now, this is gerrymandering season. It is. We're all very excited. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and why, why is this gerrymandering season? What's happening? Yeah, well, so just like... Um, the U.S. has the World Series of Baseball, which is played between two American and sometimes Canadian teams. So it is the World Series of gerrymandering. Gerrymandering happens in lots of places, uh, uh, most notably in Northern Ireland before mm-hmm. and yeah. after independence. But uh, so it's the drawing of maps to favor your party or yourself in, in terms of the election. Um, it's a case where the politicians choose their voters rather than the other way around. Right. Right. OK. And so, in the U.S., but, who, who makes that? Who, who makes that? Like they don't have the uh, they don't have an electoral commissioner or someone that might it be is kind of... complicated. Some okay. 15 states have some kind of independent body to pick the, the maps um, mm-hmm. and uh, 35 don't. And it is extremely exciting. Uh, and deeply pernicious to democracy. <laughs> and so the reason why we're we're talking about this now, among other things, is, you know, the U.S. census was is done every 10 years. Um, and like good revolutionary governments, they have it on the 10th year. So it's a nice round number. So 2020 census year. Uh, we just found out recently just how much the Trump administration interfered with the census. We knew they were interfering with the census. But we now just recently saw some emails which showed just how deep into the mechanisms of the census they got into in terms of their attempt to exclude undocumented people, mm-hmm. um, especially in districts where they, you know, you know, would might, you know, uh, lead to more Latino representatives. Um, so legally voting Latino voters might elect more Latino representatives. Uh, and to try and basically un- stop the count um, early because COVID was making it difficult. The reason that matters is the number of districts, federal districts uh, for the House of Representatives is distributed around the country every 10 years um, after the census data comes out first in the middle of the summer and then especially in September. Uh, and those are those maps, you know, and so that so real seats are on the line, right? Mm. If California's population grows, it gets more representatives, right? Um Unfortunately, you can't shrink the number below one. So Wyoming will always have its one one member of the House of Representatives. Uh, but, you know, those that data then is presented to state legislatures, usually, or sometimes independent uh, commissions, uh, but much rarely, more rarely, who then draw up the maps. And this is an intense process, which involves really advanced gerrymandering science. Um, You know, my favorite story about this is the notoriously gerrymandered state of North Carolina. The Thomas Kofeller was the guy's name, and he was the greatest gerrymanderer alive (laughs) until he wasn't anymore. Mm. uh, And he died. (laughs) And he had, you know, like whole offices full of documents and multiple computers and drives about, you know, which was gerrymandering away down to the very last house on the block, you know. And his daughter, from whom he was estranged, but not so estranged that she couldn't get all that stuff and take it to a voting rights organization, Mm. exposed just how carefully they were doing this. And and so, I mean, it, it can really turn, you know, a minority position at the statewide vote into a super majority, as in Wisconsin and, and so forth, at the um, at the at, in terms of state legislatures, state senates. And if they're the ones who are drawing up the federal maps, right, then uh, in the House of Representatives as well. 
And this case in point, the people of Ohio got sick of this and they voted for an independent, through a constitutional amendment, uh, uh, an independent commission, mm. which um, uh, was supposed to draw up a less partisan map. Um, and so what the commission did, which was dominated by elected representatives, which in this case were Republicans, uh, was let the Republicans drop a map and the and the Democrats drop a map, and they went with the Republican map right. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and it went to the Ohio Supreme Court, where one Republican judge uh, flipped and and rejected it as a partisan map. So it's been sent back with just a couple of months to go before people have to decide what district they're running in. I mean, it's all very exciting, Sean. Yes, and, and, uh, and um, confusing. And, um, and confusing. So what happens is the Republicans have been targeting these state legislatures, so they get control over the map which allows them to run up huge scores, even though, frankly, the vote doesn't reflect it. The vote might go to the Democrats statewide and then persist in power to the point where they're stripping powers from Democratic governors who are elected, you know, where they're, you know, able to do whatever the heck they want in states. Right. Just by winning all, you know, winning the map, you know, winning the, the legislatures in the states just before the census data comes out, right? So they get to, to decide on the census. So the census is political, the drawing of the maps is political, and the judges who decide whether the maps are political are political, because the only reason the Democrats could do this is that they'd won all the elections for the state Supreme Court in Ohio okay. over the last little while. <laughs> Mother of God. Now, the, the, uh, um, it should be pointed out for you know some degree of balance that Democrats have been known to do this as well. Indeed. Now, yep. I mean, now, if you want to look for a, a good Democratic gerrymander, my own former semi-home state of Maryland um, has been held up uh, as a, and that's been run by a democratic machine for ages. When I was living in Baltimore, you know, the big election night was when they decided who the democratic candidate for mayor was. And that's when he had all the speeches and the count and everything. Yeah. And then later there'd be election months later. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't even hear about it, you know, because the chance of the Republicans winning the mayor of Baltimore city was zero. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they are, they have had inroads in, in uh, statewide in Maryland, but Illinois is the best. They have the pizza pie uh, version where they have little spokes running out from Chicago where there are a lot of urban Democratic voters who outvote all the white so Republican suburbs mm. time and time again. Yeah. Now, the, the, the thing, say in Ireland, if somebody has a, a very good electoral machine, they know who every household in their constituency, what way they at least have voted. And so they'll have a fair idea. Does it come down to that level of detail in, in what you're talking about, or is it mostly along racial lines that they yeah. think who people are going to vote for? I mean, one of the things I really like about politics is, and that's why it was maybe not surprising that a number of parties in this country were really just trying to identify individual households, yeah. right? Because a few votes here or there will get you into the doll. Whereas, yeah, in the United States, the numbers are big. But they devote a lot of effort to, to, to finding this out. And the census is a great tool for this, right? But so partisan, you know, partisan gerrymandering is basically OK. In a recent Supreme Court decision, the Supreme Court decided that it couldn't rule on partisan gerrymanders. And that's why the Ohio decision was so important, because they couldn't appeal it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Racial gerrymandering is not OK. OK. Right? The problem is in a in a society like the United States, where you just assume that 90 something percent of black people are going to vote for Democrats. Partisan gerrymandering is racial gerrymandering and vice versa. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so they very much go by the, the, the ethnicity of whoever is 
in very, very small districts. Like I said, it's fun to look at the districts. Look at the Texas electoral map for the House of Representatives. You know, it's like a Rorschach test. There's one wonderful district, which looks a bit, if you want to see it that way, like Lady Liberty's crown. It's a bunch of different little, it's the ring road around, I think it's Houston, with little spokes going out, you know, to capture this white little suburb here. And <laughs> I mean, it, they're just comical. Like they have, these people have absolutely no geographical relationship to each other. And when they draw up these boundaries, it, it, is there some forum in which they're supposed to try and justify it that they say, you know, there's some sound demographic reason why well, uh, these constituencies are the shape they are? Usually that would be the self-same state legislature. So if you come up with a map, you have to pass a bill, right, to pass a law saying, right, this is the electoral map, right? So that's in theory a deliberative forum. But, uh, you know, and, and they tend to be only sort of mediated by these independent commissions. Now, I mean, one of the great glories of Ireland is that in the 1970s, there was gerrymandering, which was tried by, by James Tully, famously, mm. which led to a Tullymander, uh, ah. which catches, actually it's quite catchy, but, you know, which spectacularly failed, which might have been one of the reasons why people were motivated to have an independent commission to, to draw up electoral districts. Mm. But, you know, so... Even even in these independent commissions, these are even if they're quite independent, like, say, California's, although some people say it's gerrymandered, they, you know, they don't do their work in a very splashy sort of public way. I mean, as the way our own electoral commission does. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are really scrutinizing it until mm. like a piece of Roscommon is hived off. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. then then people get <laughs> upset. Right. So so it's it's you know, it's. It comes down to tr sort of naked power so often is, is really, really, really the That's extraordinary. The uh, I knew somebody had texted in about this. Why should undocumented aliens have the vote? Well, I'm not saying they should. And yeah. neither was Donald Trump. You'd be shocked to hear. Yeah. But what the, the, the census does in the United States, and this is a bit of part of America's history, is it counts everybody, you know, who's resident in the state. This is in the Constitution. And one reason they did that is that Southern states, say around the 18th century, when the Constitution was being drawn up, did not want their representation in the national government to be based on the voters, because the vast majority of people in the in the South at the time were property and not voters. Right. And, you know, chattel slavery was the rule. So so they fought like hell to, to, to count as many as many enslaved black people as possible. And and so that's the reason. But so to undercount um, undocumented persons or irregular migrants, unauthorized migrants, um, does a real disservice to the actual reality and is unconstitutional, basically. Oh, but but right. again, very, very fraught. Okay. So, uh, this, so who, in, who invented it, Graham? Well, um, it goes back at least to possibly Patrick, Patrick Henry, but gerrymander refers to a guy called Elbridge Jerry, who was uh, the governor of Massachusetts, um, who may have gotten a bad rap, but uh, he, he did agree to a law which allowed his party to, to, to draw the districts. And again, like poor James Tully, didn't really benefit much from it. Like the next election, they got clobbered. But if um, he was accused of, you know, one looked a bit like a salamander, so they called it a gerrymander. But it seems like he didn't even necessarily approve of the maps. He he just approved the law. So so that's that's the history of it. But it goes back at least to the 18th century, and not surprisingly to the United States, because that was really the first attempt at having a, a republic, a democratic, popularly elected um, government, at, at least at some levels which had a huge geographical area. If you live in sort of 
Renaissance Florence or Venice, right? You don't, you know, have, you know, they have, you have Sestieri and, and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, you don't have really a difficult geographical uh, districts to try and govern, right? So, yeah. so, so it was really an experiment by the United States, as in so many ways. Uh, one tricky thing we do have to talk about is racial gerrymandering, not least because someone who was accused of it was Lonnie Guineer has also recently died. She was a, a really leading legal theorist who was accused of of racial gerrymandering when when she talked about having race conscious districts, and it cost her the chance to be Bill Clinton's attorney general for civil rights. But what she actually was advocating for was proportional representation and not drawing districts. Uh, such that there would be black majorities, which would then presumably elect more mm. black representatives. Racial gerrymandering is illegal, and it may, may not surprise listeners to hear that the case which made racial gerrymandering illegal, which the Supreme Court certainly feels like it can weigh in on, was the case where they tried to redraw the districts in Georgia so there'd be another majority black district, and white voters uh, litigated that in 1995 and, and struck it down. So, so um, the racial gerrymandering case, which, which led to racial gerrymandering being banned, was actually against giving black people more representation. Uh, I'll read out another text to you. It's normal for Western democracies to ask voters for ID to vote, including Ireland, unlike the US. Nine, nine out of ten immigrants in the US vote Democrat. Be that that may be case. I mean, yeah. I think that's a pretty big generalization. What people are kind of look at in the United States is very often the dynamics within different groups, which are all themselves very diverse. Mm. So, I mean, Latino Americans, Cuban Americans don't tend to vote Democrat. Lots of other Latino Americans do, but a lot of Latinos are increasingly voting for Republicanism and for yeah. Trumpism because of, of evangelical Latino stations. It's really, really complicated. But the other part is the immigrant trajectory. You know, if you're you know, if you're, this is what the Republicans are really concerned about. If they're just seen as anti-immigrant full stop, they lose the chance to sort of get a lot of people who are living the American dream, coming to the United States, doing well, and then don't want to pay a lot of taxes, right? So it's it's complicated. But uh, yeah, people with an immigrant background, you know, depending on what, doesn't matter what century you came, still, I think, and this may be true of some Irish Americans, remember the time when they were not held to be welcome. Right. Uh, and they'll yeah. vote for the party which see them as um, sees them as 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 potential future Democrats and voters. Graham Finley, thanks a million as ever. Uh, Graham Finley, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. Getting a phone in the seventies. Moncrief on News Talk, brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.